Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. So, so, we're coming to the very end. The very, very end. We're bringing up the rear. (laughs) (laughs) Of Robert Picton, part four. Busted. You got busted, you smelly bitch. Yeah, bitch. So before we get into the dirty nitty gritties, thanks to our sponsor of Studio Sweden. Get your awesome headphones at studio.com. That's S-U-D-I-O.com. Use the promo code CMD at checkout for 15% off your order. That's amazing. If you want to donate to our Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash color me dead podcast. We have lots of different tiers going from a dollar to $50. And we want to say a big thanks to our alpha dogs, Tiffany Piper, Tracy Louder, Keith, Sharon Hoffman, and Clinton Tune. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Also, come and meet us in New Orleans at Potter and Love. This is going to be taking plague 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 i hope we don't get the plague fuck take it oh we'll die happy i know right (laughs) just put that po' boy in my mouth and (laughs) rinse it down with something delicious uh it's gonna be august 10th through the 12th at the intercontinental hotel in new orleans louisiana you can get 10 percent off your admission using the code color at checkout and if you want those discounted room rates at the Intercontinental, you have to call. Um, and you have to let them know that you're going to be there with Potter and Love because the convention is taking place inside that hotel. Those room rates of 129 at night, at night, at uh, night, night uh, that's not available on online. So you got to call. Yeah, so people like me have to have their best friend call and get their hotel room for them. That was difficult, too, because the, <laughs> the young lady I spoke with had a very thick french accent it was pretty but it was difficult <laughs> i'm sorry i don't speak coon ass <laughs> most of the research that we got for this episode is from the book on the farm by stevie cameron if you want more than what we're giving you go to this book there is so much more like we just barely skimmed across the top of this just the compared tip. yeah we just gave you the tip compared to this book holy shit it was amazing i got sucked into it more than once Last week, we left you with a lovely story about Willie's friend Lynn that found him butchering a woman in the barn by his house. He told her not to say a word to anyone or he would be right or she would be right next to the woman being butchered. Uh, We want to take a minute and get into the gory shit first. Mm -hmm. We're going to start off gory. We're just just fucking get in. Yeah. Just jump in. Feet first. Feet first. Get it. In part three, we talked about how he told his friend Andrew Bellwood what he liked to do with the women and how he usually killed them. The details on how he killed each woman is not known because he was a tight-lipped bastard. We have details about a few of them that we'll go over a little bit later, but right now we'll talk about what we found about just what he did in general, like his sort of routine, I guess you would call it. Yeah, his MO. Yeah. He would start off by accusing them of stealing from him or doing him wrong in some sort of way after they had sex. This would, this is how he would get the rage to be able to kill them. And that's why he was thought of as a missionary killer, because then he would turn them into a bad guy. Right. He became the victim. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He usually started off by handcuffing them or binding them in some way. I think sometimes that he would do this before he accused them of doing something wrong, and sometimes he would do it after, like with Sandra Gale. Which was a mistake, because by that time, she already had the inkling of uh, an idea that shit was... Like, fucking something's rotten in Denmark, Cheeto. Yeah, so I bet from her on, he started handcuffing them first. first. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He then strangled them with a piano wire that had a handle on each end or a belt. He would haul the body out to the barn, hang it up by the feet with chains like he would a hog that he was getting ready to butcher. So, he would then bleed them out. Humans apparently have more blood and take longer to bleed out than a pig does. Who knew? Yeah, Willie. Willie did. So we're not sure what order he did all of this in. So we're just going to tell you what he did. He would, I'm going to assume that if he was bleeding them out, he probably like cut their throat and Mm -hmm. hung them upside down. So he would gut them. He'd cut off their hands and their feet because these body parts can't go to West Coast reduction because they wouldn't clearly be, well, these would clearly be recognized. I was saying it backwards. If you take a fucking human foot or a hand and you're just all willy fucking nilly, throw These it in there. These are just pig parts, oh, I don't promise. Worry about that. They're like, no, but that one's got pinky polish. Like, <laughs> I don't think. Wob, have you been painting the pig's feet? Wobbit, did you know that your pigs have five fingers? <laughs> <laughs> right? So these are parts that obviously couldn't be rendered at reduction. I think he either buried these or put them in a wood chipper. Totally an opinion. He could have tossed them in with hungry fucking pigs. Yeah. Which, Nobody knows. Yeah. There's so many different scenarios, like burying <clears throat> them in different places, well, feeding them to pigs. Fuck, if you, if you threw them out behind one of those disgusting-ass out, like the outbuildings... Yeah. Those things would have been destroyed by maggots and flies in a matter of days any fucking way. So, I mean, there's really no telling. Mm -mm. Um, He would probably scalp them and end up sawing their skulls in half like he did of Jane Doe that we talked about in the last episode Mm -hmm. that had washed down in the slow. He would butch their lame... Oh. Butch their bay. (laughs) That's a new word. Special for Willie. Yeah. He would butcher them like he would a pig. It's believed that he would add some of their meat to the pork and grind it up for sausage. Ew. Uh-huh. He would put the scraps in the meat buck or, or in the buckets and haul them to the plant for whatever he couldn't like scavenge and feed to the pigs. Then that's what went to West Coast. Yeah. I haven't been able to eat ground anything for weeks now. I made Italian pork sausage pasta last night yeah and as i was cutting up like the sausage i stopped at one point in time and i kind of yeah like ah fuck and i didn't eat it i fed it to my family but i didn't that's what i've been doing i had a hamburger last night i'm not i'm not gonna lie and then i came home and read this stuff again i'm like god i'm glad i had the hamburger before Uh uh-huh because i uh Uh so this is what he did with most of them. There are, there's a few that we're going to talk about in a minute that he was not so thorough on, and they would end up leading to his arrest. Mm-hmm. So he got sloppy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a fun story that we found, a 27-year-old woman named Giselle Ierson that was known as a firecracker in 1998, Willie tried to pick her up and take her to the farm. 
whale. When she gets in the car with him, she sees a rope and a stiletto shoe, um, like in the back seat, and she's like, "No thanks, no. I'm not. I'm not that hard up." No, because you know what? What balding, stinky pig farmer just cruises around with a stiletto heel and rope in the back of their fucking car? No, no. Uh huh. So Willie gets out of the car. He goes over and he tells her, hey, you know what? A lot of these other girls know me. You're going to be just fine. You're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Stressless. It's fine. <laughs> oh, if you put it like that. Yeah, well, shit. <laughs> Let me fucking hop right in. She didn't believe him and she refused to get in the car. He gave her some money and left. So was that like, it, it, to me, I was like, was that like fucking hush money? or Severance package? I don't know. <laughs> pity, pity party? Like... Here you go. Here's 50 bucks, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Two weeks later, they saw each other again, and he gave her money again. Whatever. Yeah. She was scared to death of him and refused to get near the car, let alone in the car. Yeah. No. No. No, I'll I'll take your money, though. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, I would. Apparently, she tried to tell other women that Willie was dangerous, but she wasn't very successful. Luckily, she was smart enough to not ever get in the vehicle with him. So, I mean... She saved herself from being butchered. Yes. Let's move on. Okay. And talk about what a stand-up job the policia did. Yeah. Yeah. You stand-up motherfuckers. Oh, goodness. Can we talk about the word competence and what it means? They don't know. I know. Don't ask them. (laughs) (laughs) Can you use it in a sentence and give me the language of origin? (laughs) How you do not act. Fuck. Do I feel like I'm in a spelling bee? Could you you use it in a sentence? (laughs) Competence. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, competent. K-O-M. <laughs> Jesus. So anyone that knows this case knows that the police could have gotten him years before and saved quite a few lives, but they preferred to pretend like it wasn't a big deal. Um, come here, paper. Just, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't happening. All these women that have gone missing, they're just... Sex workers, prostitutes, hookers, whatever word you want to use. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know what? They're just, they're throwaway people. You know? Who cares? Yeah, they dismissed all of, like, all of the women. They've had four serial killers on the loose that they didn't want to investigate because it was too much work and because all of them preyed on sex workers from the downtown east side. Those killers just happened to be Clifford Olson, Gary Ridgway, Gilbert, Paul Jordan, and Robert Pickton. That we know of. Right. That we know of. There could still be more. Ooh, fucking Gary Ridgway. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. he got caught during all of this, too. Uh-huh. So, we, I am excited to cover him. Finally, on March 2nd, 1999, the Vancouver Police Department decided that they needed to raise an alarm that there's a possible serial killer on the loose that is targeting women in the downtown east side. Really? From 1980 or whatever that they all started to 1999? Yeah, 98, Now now we're going to say there's a problem. No, it's a a fucking problem. might have a problem. In Vancouver altogether, not just the downtown east side... There was 800 missing women. 800. Like when? It, fucking mayday, mayday, mayday. Alarm, alarm, alarm. Yeah. And when you when you finish your donut. Hey, hey. 
I know y'all got tickets to go to Niagara Falls this weekend, but uh, when you get back, we might want to look at this nearly a thousand women yeah. that we can't fucking find. And I don't know if that was all in one time or in a range, like, but there was 800 altogether Jesus. missing. Uh, they said, we keep reviewing this because we hear concern from the community, but we found nothing that would indicate that there's a serial killer involved in these missing people. That's a fucking quote. What? <laughs> I'm, Excuse I'm, me, what? <laughs> I'm going to need you to repeat that. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be serious. <laughs> there <laughs> that's gonna be one of my new alter egos like this little little kid with greasy hair parted yeah. in the middle glasses he's got like a pocket protector and he's always sniffling me oh you can't be serious <laughs> that's how i feel right now like <laughs> really well the, it's there's been several cases one that i'm we're gonna be dropping in a couple of weeks but where People that have like the armchair sleuths and the armchair detectives like us here yes. at Calling Me Dead, we did a better job at solving the case than the actual fucking police. And it's almost, it's not almost scary. It is fucking scary. Like if I can sit down like the day that me, you and Spencer played fucking autopsy, yeah. we had it figured out. Yeah. It wasn't that hard. Like, this no. is stupid shit right here. Like, calm the, the fuck, fuck on. on. You went to school for this, like and you, we did you, not. Your parents paid $80,000 for, for you to be dumber than me, and I'm dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah. Congratulations. Your, here's your fucking rubber tortilla. <laughs> Go chew on that a little while. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. They probably fucking would. God. All right, sir. You're fine. You're You're fine. There had okay. <laughs> there had been plenty of rumors that Robert Pickton was the one to blame for the missing women. They had several tips that it was him, including the one from Bill Hiscox that was how long ago? Fucking forever ago. Yeah, and oh god, there's god. The detectives that were part of Project Amelia even looked up Willie's 1997 attempted murder on Sandra Gill Ringwald. It was it wasn't really in the public eye since she didn't show up to testify against him. So he didn't get charged with it, so it wasn't a huge public thing. No, and it was less work for the dingbats with the badges. Yeah, because, yeah, then they don't have to fucking do anything. They decided that Willie was a good suspect. Oh. Wow. The fact that he had a wood chipper was even brought up in, t in addition to the Sandra Gill incident and how often he frequented the downtown, downtown, downtown east side. Even though it was super expensive and took a lot of people, they decided to start a surveillance operation. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police even added four constables to the surveillance team. I love that I get to say constable. <laughs> I, I get more excited over mounted. I know. The Mounties. The, Mount Mount, the constable Mounties. There were unmarked vehicles that followed Willie around for about two weeks and didn't see anything suspicious. Suspicious. So this this could very well be because the victims were all victims. The victims. The victims. They're like rectums. <laughs> Rectum nearly <laughs> killed him. <clears throat> this might be because the victims were always paranoid and always thought they were being followed anyway. So he probably spotted them and started mining his manners. He's like, ah, "Fuck you! I know you're watching me." 
You want to play a game? <laughs> you like playing hide and seek? Watch this. Yes. Well, I'm the same way, though. Like, from being a young kid that was doing drugs in the early 2000s, dude, I can fucking spot a cop from a mile away. I'm like, oh, fuck cop. Oh, not me. And it's, I, there's, I'm not, do, my car's registered. I have a valid <laughs> right. license. I have insurance. I'm not under the influence. But I see a cop and I'm, I'm like, fucking hands at 10 and 2. My seatbelt is uh, on. Like, I don't know why. My mom was the same way. Really? Anyway, yeah. She would see a cop and, like, put her arm in front of me. And I'm like, the mom's seatbelt is not a legal way no. to strap your child in. But when we were younger, we could just roam about the cabin, like... Oh, dude, like, we were riding in the back of the truck, and you yeah, fucking hit a you. bump. Your dad's like, hold on. Hold on. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> you got kids fucking dangling over the fender wells. So they thought that they were onto something when they realized they had his DNA from the attack on Sandra Gale. They decided that they would test it to see if there was a match from the guy that had killed three women and left them in the woods. Did not match. That was not what he did. The women that were found in the woods, the DNA did not match Porkchop Rob. They didn't have enough evidence to get a search warrant, and and that was for the Picton farm. So the investigation and the surveillance stopped. The police said that since there were no bodies, they didn't think there was a serial killer. Jesus Christ. Okay, well then, but why is Toy Box a serial killer? Yeah. There were no bodies. No bodies there. Nobody knows I ain't got no bodies. bodies. <laughs> I went on a different song. I got no body. Nobody got me. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. The families were getting more and more desperate to find their loved ones. The police offered a $100,000 reward for any information leading to a series of home invasions, garage fires that were taking place in upper class neighborhoods. But they weren't doing anything about all the missing women. Like, ah, there's no bodies. We don't know. Oh, yeah. don't you know? I don't, don't. know. I don't know, eh? I don't, oh, I don't oh, know, eh? Oh, eh? Did you see any bodies, eh? <laughs> oh, Robert, did you <laughs> see any bodies? <laughs> so, the families were fucking furious yeah, about I that, Yeah, I mean, at too. this point, they're, people are fucking disappearing left and right, and nobody's doing anything about it. The mayor said that because of lack of evidence, that it was an appro- it was inappropriate to offer an, uh, an award. I wonder if he feels like a super huge douchebag. I hope so. I fucking hope so. It's inappropriate, you know. Oh, uh, oh you know. Eh. Oh, eh. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's fairly inappropriate to offer them rewards. There's no, nobody's, nobody's. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, there's nobody's. Oh. <laughs> When the families told him that they always kept in touch with their loved ones that were missing, the mayor said, there's been prostitutes moving around and it never came up before. I didn't get a letter or phone call from anybody before this. And some of these girls have been missing for over a year. And all of a sudden it becomes a major event. Another quote. Literal Literal. quote. (laughs) These quotes like blow me away. I'm like, what the fuck? I guess, you know what? I I guess he would be singing a a whole new tune if maybe it was like a niece or a daughter. Yeah. Or somebody that he knew personally that had made some choices that maybe were not the best and then they went missing. Yeah. 
Because all of these people are that to someone, which we will talk about in it. We're going to drop a mini-sode about that exact thing, mm-hmm. who they were, what they were to other people, so you can see how they weren't just throwaways. It's, it's really difficult because I... Uh, personal experience. My mom got to a point with me where she was like, don't come back. Because I was so out of sorts. Man, yeah. tweak meth will do that to you. Um, the only person that had anything to do with me was my brother, David. And he's the one that helped me get cleaned up. And I haven't done drugs since Jesus, 2004. And even in that state though, you were something to somebody. She She still cared. Yeah. She still cared and he cared. And so for you to go missing would have been heartbreaking. And I did like, there was times that I'd go missing for a few weeks and then, they'd try to hunt me down, but my mom would call David. She would, she would enlist him to like go on the search and destroy. Yeah. So I get it. Like people get frustrated, but you still love them. Yeah. So anyway, on May 12th, 99, a memorial service was held at the first United church on downtown East side for 23 women that had gone missing. It was try to help and bring the families a little bit of closure and maybe like shed a little light yeah. on a situation that was taking place. 23 women. Yeah, Jesus. In 1998, Kim Rosmo, who was a profile, had stated that he thought it was a serial killer. In May of 99, he started searching searching, researching statistics that there were 20 that he considered statistically significant and unlikely to have occurred by any other chance. Kim Rosmo was a big player in this, and I like there was so much to do with him that that could be a whole nother. We could do a whole nother profile on Kim Rosmo. He was a big player in a lot of it. His belief that it was was that it was one killer, and that the investigators should start looking for what they call cluster body sites. So he was he was on the right track in ninety nine, ninety eight. Mm hmm. In July of 1999, America's Most Wanted ran a story on the missing women. John Walsh and the Provincial. (laughs) Wow. I know what I'm trying to get out. I know what it means. I just cannot say that word. (laughs) Yes. Do it. (laughs) The Provincial. (laughs) I can't. Fucking Shia LaBeouf. Do it. Do it. Do it. The provincial attorney general announced that there would be a $100,000 reward for information on the missing women's case. They also announced that if any missing women were alive but didn't want to be found, they could call in and let them know that they're okay, but they didn't have to say where they were. So they were trying to whittle it away by being like, if you're, tra- if you're hiding from someone, if you don't want to come back, just call and let us know that you're okay, and that you're alive. Fucking mark, you, mark off you off the list. Off. Yep. Lori Schenner, I think is how you would say it, mm-hmm. was an investigator that spent lots of time with the families, finding out their the hangouts of the missing women and trying to get any kind of clues. After spending months with the families, she was positive that, they, that it was a serial killer that was taking out all of these women. Her belief was that it was a male that was organized and didn't have to use violence to get them to go with him, which... Well, she wasn't wrong. No, because he used money. <clears throat> Money and drugs. She decided to go to Port Coquitlam to check out Robert Pickton. They had already talked to Lisa Yeldon, Bill Hiscox, 
Bill had mentioned that there were women's clothes all over, but uh, neither one of them gave him a solid lead, and they were still unable to get the search warrant just because they just didn't have enough reason to get out there. On a side note about Lori Shinner, Shinner, I don't know. Shinner. She actually wrote a book about the massive police failure in this case. Oh, fun. Yeah. The book is called That Lonely Section of Hell, The Botched Investigation of a Serial Killer Who Almost Got Away. Nice. I feel like she's a little a bitter towards <laughs> the whole <laughs> towards the whole because they wouldn't give him anything to help. Like they could have had him years before. Oh, years. they could have had him before 1990 yeah. concluded. Oh, yeah. Easy. Even though they didn't have enough evidence just yet, Willie was a person of interest and they had his attack on Sandra Gale Ringwald in their back pocket, sort of, I guess, like to to help charge against him. However, in the summer of 1999, Lynn Mm -hmm. can't I can't ever say her name either, was living with a man named Gary Laranger. He was an AA counselor. Lynn spilled her guts about the rumors about the body parts in Willie's freezer. Wouldn't that be a fun conversation to have with your fucking sponsor? Right. Hey, listen. I like how you put it as spilling guts. Hey, uh, by the uh, by, no pun intended. Maybe there was a little. There, there's, there's some a- fucking body parts in there. <laughs> I giggled a little when I was writing spilling guts. <laughs> I'm not going not gonna to lie. Gary ended up in jail not too long after she moved in. Hell of an AA sponsor. I just, know, right? Just saying. Yeah. Good job. And it's believed that he told police about what Lynn had told him. Like, maybe as, hey, 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 if you let me out, I can tell you some shit. Some fucking tit for tat. Yeesh. Lynn moved in with her ex-boyfriend's friend, which probably wasn't a good idea. They got in a huge fight, and he knocked out her front teeth. A few days after that, which was August 8th, the police came to talk to her about Willie Pickton. Good old pork chop Rob. Got in a fight and busted her fucking grill out, huh? Yeah. That's pretty hardcore. Well, just just a wee bit. Well, they said that she had been telling friends that he was butchering women. She denied it. The next day, she was taken in for more questioning. She stuck to her story and said that she didn't see anything. She said he hit her, though. Okay. All right. On August 26th, she was taken in for more questioning, and she said that she had never seen Willie hurt anyone. The police... Pretty much figured it out. She was lying. At the beginning of the month, he hit you. At the end of the month, you've never seen him hurt anyone. We believe you. And there's body parts in the fridge. No more. No more. Oh, oh, you didn't see him butchering people? Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Lynn was terrified of the Picton brothers. Rightfully fucking so. Yeah. She knew that if Willie didn't kill her, Dave would. Willie also had paid for her to be quiet. In June, he gave her a $350 check for supplies and $150 in July. And there was way more than that. It turned out, I guess, uh, somebody overheard Willie saying it was like 10000 bucks total. Just hush money. Stay quiet. Put your lips like this. <laughs> oh, be quiet. Zip it up. Zip, zip it up. For those ladies with the little <laughs> lips. <laughs> It goes low, so I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. It's 22. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Hold up, wait a minute. It's a chop. It's a chop. I can't. 
can't stop watching it. You know, some it. of us, that's just addressing y'all that got the little pussies. You got the little lips. We don't have the no big camel, camel toe like auntie. <laughs> Uh, hold up. Wait a minute. Her face. It's a toy, too. Pew, pew, pew. 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 <laughs> and now she moves her head when she does it. Pew, pew, pew. And she's not fat, but she's she got, just got a little chubby. Yeah. And it wiggles when she does it, and it makes me so happy, and I can't stop hold watching up. it. Wait a minute. It's a full five. Bop, 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 bop. It's full five. Did you watch in the comments? There's oh, yeah. More. The other one. Yeah. yeah. But the, the short clip is still the best. The short clip is my favorite. Yeah. But, uh, that's just addressing y'all with a little pussy. Got them little lips. We ain't Hold got it. the camel toe like auntie. Wait a minute. Pew, it's pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. I may or may not have let Calvin watch that. I just made it to where I couldn't hear the pussy parts. Oh, right. And he laughed so hard. Well, just some of the shit we find on the internet. I know. And if you guys don't know what video we're talking about, oh go God. to the group page and you'll 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 see it. It's so funny. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. All, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear Calvin go, "It's a 22. It <laughs> <laughs> was a great video. Okay, back at the ranch. Since the police didn't have much to work with, they decided that it was a waste of their time. The budget and shit, I mean, it the budget was shit. They yeah. didn't have enough, and it, it uh, they they didn't have any help. Like, nothing was helping. Mm-mm. But the women continued to... Di- oh. Da-da-da-da. I need new mouth. <laughs> I need some rogue. mouth that works all the time. <laughs> Not what Spencer says. Oh, Dana, mm. shut the whole front door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, these women continued to disappear. The New Year's Eve party of 1999 at Piggy's Palace was fucking epic. There was like 1,700 people there. However, the police showed up and there was a huge raid. When Willie was later questioned about it, he said that the raid was almost as entertaining as the party. There was 50 <laughs> or 60 cop cars. Right? He just sits back and entertain because he's not doing anything wrong. No. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. He does nothing wrong. So he's just going to sit back, let it happen. Yeah, he's like, well, I don't. Come on in. (laughs) Let me watch you. (laughs) I know. The fire marshal shut down Piggy's Palace. Sorry, it says shit down. down. (laughs) I was like, sorry. You got to go. You got to go. I'm going to go shit down this wall. I'm sure they wanted to shit down it. (laughs) So he shuts down Piggy's Palace. It was meant for about 300 and there were 1,700 in there. So obviously we're violating some safety protocol laws. Just by a little bit. Right. Willie said they were raising so much money for the kids, though. Oh, those kids. Those kids? I'm sure they got so many monies. I'm sure. The RM or RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Mounted Police, got a court order against the Pictons that said that they could arrest and remove anyone that was attending a... a, 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 Oh, there it goes again. (laughs) Was attending a public event there. They also had lost their nonprofit status in 2000 for failing to provide financial statements and documentation. we talked about that last time. And you were right. I clearly just skimmed past something that said that they were nonprofit or it didn't stick in my brain. Yeah, no, I knew that they they got... Yeah, I knew that they had gotten shut down. Um, I thought it was 99, but obviously 2000. It was early, early 2000. Okay. Right at the beginning of the year. They had, um, basically, when it comes time to pay your taxes and shit, mm-hmm. the fucking Canadian Yeesh. 
what, what are we going to call? The Mounties. The Mounties. No, it was kind of like the IRS and shit, yeah. but they're like, okay, I don't know what they're called up there. I, I can't remember, but they, they essentially sent out a, a, a bunch of documents to fill out. Like, we need your receipts. We need, you know, and they had nothing. Weird. Yeah. Considering they dealt in all cash. I know. So there was mm. nothing. And did they actually donate to nonprofit organizations? I highly fucking doubt it. If they did, it was probably like the minimum. Like a $250 to mm-hmm. the Boy Scouts of America or yeah. the Boys and Girls Club or I, I yeah. don't know. I have no idea. Um, and that was the end of Piggy's Palace Good Times Society. Aww. Aww. Now. In 2000, Scott Chubb, who had worked for the Pictons off and on over the years, called Willie and said he was broke and he needed to smi- smake. Just make some cash. We need to smake some cash right now. <laughs> Sorry. It's a Canadian thing. They smake cash. They smake everything. <laughs> yes. They, they smake maple syrups. <laughs> they smake dead things. <laughs> they smake a lot of beer. <laughs> I don't know. But what they didn't smake was financial documents. No smaking. Willie was removing the nails from a bunch of wood from a demolition site so that they could resell the wood. What a tedious piece of shit job. For real. It took forever and they were just chatting about random shit and out of nowhere, Willie offered Chubb a thousand dollars to hurt Lynn. They called, hey, you know what sucks about pulling nails out of wood is that you could actually hammer them into this girl for a thousand dollars if that works and for you. And by hurt, he meant kill. Kill. Yes. No, I don't want her to just go less some teeth no. or black out an eye. I want her to not breathe anymore. Yeah. Willie told him to inject her with antifreeze and it would look like a drug overdose he told chubb that lynn was costing him way too much money and we we briefly touched on that that the rumor was about ten thousand. and even though chubb really needed that money he did not take willie up on his offer like why i don't know a thousand dollars wait a minute you gave a fucking strung out sex worker 10 g's to be quiet (laughs) and you want to give me a thousand to kill her Listen, I don't know, but it sounds like my job might be a little bit more strenuous than what hers was. Yeah. We're going to have to renegotiate. Add another zero. By this time, the missing women numbers had gotten down. There were 13 in 1997, 11 in 1998, and 5 in 1999 because he knew he was being watched in 1999. Mm-hmm. In 2000, Willie had started phasing out Gina Houston, which was his... Go get her. Mm-hmm. She would get all the ladies and replaced her with Dinah Taylor. Uh, she stayed at the farm for weeks at a time, starting in 1999. <clears throat> Dinah would try to get girls to come with her by saying that she had a rich Uncle Willie that wanted to party. Ew. Did that just make you feel dirty inside? Yeah. I yeah, feel I horrible about I've Uncle Willie. got a rich Uncle Willie and he's looking to party. Ew. 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 Fuck. Fucking Ew. In March of 2001, he got even richer. They sold another chunk of land for about $770,000. It was used for a townhouse development that had that happened to look over Willie's trailer. Uh, he had a huge amount of dirt that he used as kind of a privacy wall because he's fucking classy like that. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to live in a, in a townhouse next to the Picton farm? Please tell me that. You wouldn't. Uh-huh. In August of 2001, a woman by the name of Katrina Murphy had been visiting her husband that was in Kent Prison. 
uh, her and her husband robbed banks together. The couple that robs together. <laughs> she was waiting for her. She was waiting for her hearing, and that was the only reason that she wasn't locked up alongside him. She had gotten a ride there with a friend, but didn't have a ride home. She was walking, and guess who pulled up next to her in a creepy fucking van and mm. offered her a ride? Um, tell me. Willie Picton. Oh, pork chop, Rob. Of course he did. Yes. Wabut. Wabut. Wabut Picton. She got in with him. She told him where to drop her off, and in some small talk, he ended up saying what his name was. He passed her street. Weird. Like, as they're driving, he passes her street. She starts getting nervous and freaking out, and she... He told her he was going a different way. (laughs) He accidentally messed up and turned into a cul-de-sac, and so he had to turn around. You you can't just go bombing through a fucking dead end. So so while he's turning around, she's fiddling in her purse, trying to find something sharp, but she can't find anything. But then she ends up finding a pencil, and she gets it in her hand, so when he's, like, reversing to turn around, she jabs it in his neck, and it busts off just a little bit, like she didn't do it hard enough, and then gouged at his left eye. (laughs) And while she's doing that, I think that her side door was rigged to where she couldn't actually get out. Because she had to lean across him, get his door open, and she bailed out and landed on her chest. And she hurries and gets up, takes off running, and she saw a gas station in the distance. Right. And so she starts running to it. This is my favorite part. It's like Michael Myers. No, I expected it to be like Michael Myers. Like, she's running as fast as she fucking can and turns around and he's, like, right there. He's just, like, pacing her in the van. Yeah, but he wasn't. No. He's standing there laughing like Like a psycho. Like, maniacally fucking laughing. Yes. Like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck me? Yeah. Well, she ran to that nearby gas station and collapses. The police came to take a look at her and get a statement and um, said he was going to go after Willie. The policeman did. She never heard back from him. Two weeks later, she was put in prison after being convicted of armed robbery. So they just left her there. Oh, well, are you okay? Because she's like all bloody because bailing out of the fucking van. Onto her chest. Yeah, she's all bloody and shit. And they're like, we're going to go find this man. Because I think that she got his license plate and everything. So she had his name and his license plate. And they're like, we're going to go look for him. And then they never, she never heard it. Nothing. But she she gets hemmed up for armed robbery later. Well, that's because she was already, like, pending. Those charges were already. Because her boyfriend or husband or husband was already in for the same thing. She just hadn't had her court date or whatever yeah between august 1st and november 23rd of 2001 he would actually go on to kill four more women Mm. the vancouver sun was putting a lot of heat on the police at this time running stories about the missing women and they did it often so they were turning up the fucking heat they were like yo they didn't what the fuck are you gonna do about this yeah they didn't want it to fall through the cracks in november to That's what I feel like sometimes. Just we can start calling the podcast room the hen house. Fuck, right? 
Okay, in November of 2001, Gary Ridgway was apprehended, and he was convicted of killing 48 women, but it's a believe he probably rounded out at about 90. Yeah. Yeesh. The, okay, this put a little bit more heat on the police to do something about the missing women in their area. Because he was in Washington, Seattle, Washington, which is just below. Mm. Was it Seattle? They wanted to put a little bit more muscle on the local police for them to do something about the women that were going missing in their area. They examined old case files and they put them into piles according to priority. Willie Pickin, Picton just happened to end up in the priority pile. Weird. Go fuck I'm actually figure. surprised. Me too. The way that they're working their shit, they're probably like, Willie who? Oh, um, Wobbut? <laughs> Wobbut Picton. So, so, the Vancouver police and the RCMP started working together, and on October 15, 2001, they announced that they were treating the disappearances of 46 women as murders. Fucking finally. Oh, now? Now we're gonna? Oh, is it time? And I think it's just it's mainly because of the, the Vancouver Sun. Other than that, they wouldn't. No. Because now it's news all over. Well, and now it's seeping down into other areas. Mm-hmm. We've got Gary Ridgway in Washington. Excuse me, in Washington. People are hearing different things. And then the Vancouver Sun is sending over some information. And they're like, I don't know. We have like 800 women that nobody fucking knows where they are. So weird. And I think Gary Ridgway ended up getting convicted of taking two girls off of the downtown east side. If I remember right, I just skimmed through his shit. But. In early 2002, Scott Chubb was desperate for money again to pay his rent, and he went to the police and he asked him, if I turn in some big drug runners and growers, are you going to pay me? Hmm. <laughs> that, like, you're you're negotiating with your wrong swords, man. <laughs> and you don't get to just walk in there and be like, hey, so I know some shit about some shit about some shit. For seven hundred, you pay my rent for the <laughs> low, low price of seven hundred and fifty-five dollars plus an eighty-dollar late fee. <laughs> I will give you some big runners. Yes, Good the biggest, God. the biggest. Oh my God! They had already had the names of all of them, and they were investigating them, so they weren't going to give them seven to nine hundred dollars to give them information that they didn't fucking need that they already had. They're like, we already know them; we're on it. Like, sorry. So then, he asked them if they would pay for information about unregistered guns, and this, that, the, all right, okay. you sneaky little shit. Tell I'm me listening. what you know. You got my attention. <laughs> So Chubb told them about Willie Picton's guns. They said that they would pay him after they found the guns, so he better be telling the truth. So, no, I'm just kidding. Because they asked, they had been looking for a reason to search the Picton place, but they never had a good enough reason, and now they finally had it. Yeah. I could see why they were like, you better be telling the fucking truth, Pilgrim. They told, he told a story that they don't know if it's true or not, but he said, like, because they were like, you make sure. <sighs> Sorry, dude, I can't fucking, I have theater gas. Uh, I cannot fucking bed. <laughs> 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 they're like, 
you better make sure those guns are there. Because if we go there and the guns aren't there, you're in deep trouble, you know? Well, and they can't go back for the same shit. Uh-uh. So That's if that they whole, see like... anything else, they I don't even think they could go uh-uh. back. I don't know. I don't, that's what I... Because that's how they got on the farm in the first place. Was the guns. Was the guns. So, Chubb... But they... they, Oh, anyway, I'll be quiet until You're fine. (laughs) Just telling a side story. Scott, Chubb went in to go make sure that the guns were there, and I guess Willie came home. This is a story he told that they don't know if it's true or not. Oh. Willie came home, so he dove and hid behind his bed, and Willie came in and laid down, and he had to, like, weasel out of the house and shit. I don't know. It was just some bullshit story that he told to the police when they, when they, to when make he him was out like, to be like fucking James Bondy yeah. hero status. He's like, yeah, the guns are still there. I went and checked, but they don't really think that he actually went and checked because he was scared to death of the Pictons, like everybody else was. Right. And he was their security a lot of times at Piggy's Palace. So that shows you what bastards these guys are. Anyway, you can go on. I just wanted to tell. February 5th, 2002, they got a search warrant and set off to search for the guns. They didn't have a written plan. However, it was after 8, and they only had until 9 to finish the search. Dun, dun, dun. So, they're balling on a fucking time budget right now. For choke. When they pulled into the farm, Willie had just gotten there. They watched him go in the front door, and they went to the door, slammed it open, and said, Police, 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 search warrant. Like, they didn't even knock. Where's your fucking courtesy? No manners. No manners. No manners. They went in, threw Willie on the floor, face down, told him he was under arrest for possession of prohibited and restricted firearms. Don't you have to find it first? Maybe not in Canada. Uh, I think that you can, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I, and it might be different in Canada. I don't know. We should ask people, but you can uh, like place them under, like you can hold them. What's the word I'm looking for? No, no, that's in court. Like you can place them not under arrest, but you You can can, hold them. Yeah. But there's a word. There's a murder that I get wixed up. I can't fucking think of what the hell it is. I know what you mean, and I can't think of the word either. You know what I'm trying to say, don't you? Mm -hmm. Some people are yelling at us. I know. We love you. Goddamn broads. (laughs) You dumb broads. Oh, you daft (laughs) colts. They read him his rights, or whatever they do in Canada. It seemed like the same thing, what I read. And ask if there are any booby traps in his house or anything that they should be aware of. <laughs> he told them there was a twenty-two in the barn, and that's all he said. It was 8.30 when they arrested him. They only had 30 minutes to find something. Because I think they had until 9 to find something, and they could stay after that if they found something. But you only have that hour mm-hmm. of searching, yeah. like, seek and destroy. Yeah, because they got the search warrant at, like, 7.40. And by the time they got everybody together and headed to the farm, they got there at 8.30. And then they only had until 9 to get it Good get God. it going. Yeah. So n- no pressure. <laughs> they went into the laundry room and they found a gun immediately. So, so their search, search warrant's room. good to go. Yeah. They were safe. <clears throat> they went into Willie's room and started searching in there. They found some handcuffs with like faux fur on it. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Women. <laughs> oh, it gets so much better. Women's jewelry, a picture of a woman, papers with Dinah Taylor's name on them, and a woman's purse. 
In the nightstand, they found a flare gun that had been adapted to take 12-gauge shotguns. What the actual fuck, man? I would actually (laughs) like to see this. Right? I was wondering how bad it's going to kick. Pretty hard, I think. Yeah. Ow. No, thanks. And they found another pair of handcuffs with red fur. I think the first ones were like leopard fur. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why it's funny. It's Because it's horrible. Can you see him buying this shit? Like he oh had a God. little dealer that came to the farm and he bought all the shit for him. No, but there's cable ties and two dildos. That was just in the nightstand. On the floor by the nightstand was a box full of kitchen knives. On the TV stand, they found a... They found books and Heather Bottomley's ID and birth certificate. She is one of the missing women. Mm-hmm. They went back into the laundry room and went back to that gun that they had found. He, they took it out of the box. It was a silver Smith & Wesson 22 revolver that was wrapped in plastic with a curved plastic dildo pulled over the barrel. <clears throat> I'll give you a moment to puke in your mouth. <laughs> I let the fuck i don't i don't fucking know they also found a glass container with women's hair women's hair barrettes the bathroom was clear other than a holster with a 22 bullet in it, a live live round mm-hmm. in willie's office they found a bag with women's running shoes and an inhaler with the name serena abbott's way on it another mm-hmm. one of our missing ladies weird weird they now had two pieces of evidence to link him to the missing women they were ordered to stop the search, seize the property, and get back to the station ASAP. They were working on getting another search warrant to begin searching for the missing women. Obviously, now that they've fiddle-fucked around in his house and they've found all these miscellaneous things, they clearly have a reason to start looking. Just a few. Just a minute. In 30 fucking... I think they ended up being there for an hour total. And they found that much stuff. Overnight, the missing women's task force now had 130 members the morning of february 6th the morning of february 6th people already knew that something big had happened camera crews were headed to the farm news stations were calling non-stop the police posted everywhere to keep people out of the farm dave picton was being followed weird for real i'm being followed (laughs) wabut what did you do these Policemen are following me. You know. You know. As soon as he was being followed, he's like, I'm so fucked. Yeah. Because I don't know if he knew what Willie was doing or not, but he's a paranoid bitch anyway. So he's like, well, fuck. Everything he's done is going through his head. Fuck. What do they got me for? I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Families of the women the missing women were being called and informed that there was a suspect in custody. That's the word I'm fucking looking for. Custody. They can can take him into custody, but even if they haven't charged him with anything yet, we're not very smart. No, I knew what it was. I just could not think of the word. You're a daft bitch. I can't fucking read. (laughs) I can't fucking write. (laughs) I can't read. I can't write. I can't spell. Fucking moron. Yeah, bloody You know what, though? I'm a really good cook, and I'm pretty. Yes. Very pretty. And funny. I'm funny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So they took him into custody. The day was spent getting everything in order. They knew they were going to be there for a long time and they were going to need a lot of manpower. They were arranging for exhibits and the ways to keep everything organized because in the hour that they spent in the trailer, they had found a lot of shit without digging. So they were really good. You know what they should have had? What? Like one of those organizational, like the ladies that come in with the fucking totes from for the organ. Real. What do they call that? The tote store? The, mm. orga- the, the organization store. store? Store. Yeah. I could spend a lot of time in there and just have her mm. come in with a fucking labeling gun. I could have done that. Shit, yeah. Fuck. I would have been like, oh, 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 I have the perfect tote for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, what, is, wait. what do you want the label to say? Yes? Yes? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Put it over there with the smaller ones. But Hey, hey, color-coded. Color-coded. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have color-coded them for a reason. <laughs> You need to fucking pay attention. Notice the chart. I have a reference. <laughs> I spent all night on Excel on this. <laughs> yes, that would definitely be me. They're trying to keep everything very organized because the amount of shit that they were able to unearth mm. in 30 minutes time just in the trailer without it, like without real any, real any effort. Real any effort. Yep. They also knew that the farm was more likely to contain graves. Just a giant fucking grave. Like, yeah, like a mass dumping pit. Mm -hmm. Willie was released on bail at one in the afternoon. He had been charged with storing a firearm contrary to regulations, possessions of a firearm while not being a holder of a license, and possession of a loaded, restricted firearm without a license. I wonder if that was the dildo. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you need to have a special license for your dildo gun. (laughs) Is that a silencer? Oh, my God. Sorry. Like that one where they put the fleshlight on the Uh, exhaust? Yeah. (laughs) God. He was told that he wasn't allowed to go back to the property until they were finished searching. He said he was worried about his pigs and that they needed to be fed. They allowed Dave and Willie to go onto the property and were told exactly where they could go. They were told that if they went anywhere else, they would be arrested. Dave was in charge of Willie. And he said, I'll try, but he's his own person. They they were there long enough to feed the pigs, and they left. But Dave was back in a few minutes because he wanted his truck. Willie never returned to the farm, and the officers from then on out would feed the pigs. Dave had since moved away from the farm and lived in a house close to Piggy's palace and told Willie he could stay with him. The farm was now only 14 acres, and since they had sold off a bunch of the property, they had made the decision to squirt Squirch. Squirch. Um, That was search and square all in one. (laughs) They're going to squirch. They're actually going to search every square inch of the property. 14 acres is still a lot to fucking comb through. It really is. I'm glad it wasn't like what it was before. Oh my God. When it was just fucking parcels and parcels of fucking Mm -hmm. land. Yeah. Okay. There were aerial pictures taken, maps made, lights, generators, and tents brought in. Like it was... A whole fucking shebang. The women's families had begun had begun to come to the farm to gather around so they didn't miss anything. So they're just sitting on the edge of the farm, like, waiting. Newspaper reporters were going everywhere trying to get his old yearbook pictures and shit. He, oh, they good. kept getting, like, pushed away. They were shooed away from everybody that they were trying to find shit from. <clears throat> While the neighbors in the new subdivision... We're trying to decide if there were bodies under their house. Because they're right behind Willie's house or right right by it. I can't remember exactly what 
side of him there mm-hmm. on. but they're right by his fucking place there very well could be bodies underneath their brand new townhomes ew i still don't know why the fuck you would want to be in a townhome anywhere fucking near a pig farm fuck no 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 this turned into the largest crime scene in canadian history in his trailer, they found more belongings of the women. They found a bunch of sex toys. There was also a box, a box labeled <laughs> G-Spots with even more vibrators in it. There were handcuffs with blood on them, three belts with, or three belts, one men's belt and two women's belt. There were hairbrushes and syringes. Plenty of shit that we can get DNA off of. Oh, yeah. They had been going around trying to find uh, the missing women's stuff. They tried to go find their belongings off the farm so that they could match DNA to it, too, at some point. G-spots. G-spots. Horf. Horf. God, can, the name Willie Picton and G-spots should never, ever, ever go together. No. <sighs> they found bloodstains in the mattress and in the walls. Where they had, they actually like cut out of the wall. So like where the blood splatter was, they took it as evidence. Yeah, they cut it out and took it as evidence. And there were tons of different purses. One even had a used condom in it. Like what the fuck, man? I wonder if it was his or if it was like from a previous John Doe from earlier in the evening or something. Uh, Yeah. There were toothbrushes, jewelry, and makeup. They had found all of these women's belongings, but still no bodies. Around the farm, they found pigs that were underfed and in bad condition. So they brought in somebody to actually take care of those, like a a special pig lady. Outside the barn were decaying sheep and pig carcasses. And in the slaughterhouse, there was a decaying pig's head on the table. Nice. Fucking ew. Just, like, as you're describing all of this, like, the smells, it's given me the slobbers. Mm, That's where I was at when I was reading it, because there's so much more, like, detail and shit. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Once they found all of this, they decided they needed to break it up into a grid. And they would search each square of the grid one by one, just because there was an overwhelming amount in every single spot. On February 9th, they brought Scott Chubb back in for questioning. The first thing he talked about was Lynn Ellingson. Wow. I don't know why that name fucks me up. It's really easy. (laughs) He told them that she had something over Willie. He told them she was... A, quote, coke slut that had been at the farm for about six months with them as a roommate. They asked Scott if he would testify in court, and he said, no. no. He was afraid of Dave Picton. He said they would have to put him in witness. witness prote- oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. Fuck mouth, make words. Yes, the right words. Not, the, not made <laughs> not, up words. Not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know we're in a hen house, but I need the correct words. He said they would have to put him in witness protection if he did testify, which... I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, if Dave's still out, even if Willie's locked up and Dave's out, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some help. Chubb told them about everything that went on on, at the farm, from... The cockfights to the bikers to how Willie asked him to kill Lynn, all that shit, like everything that, yeah, 
and and they graciously turned around, gave him $750 to pay his rent. Oh, how Um, nice. Well, at least you got your rent paid. Yes. They brought Lynn Ellingson in for questioning. Of course, she was high. They had pics of the farm all around and told her she was under arrest. She could be charged with conspiracy to commit murder. And after getting nowhere, they let her go. She would not answer. Well, smart woman. $10,000 will make you be quiet. (laughs) Listen. That's the sound of me being quiet. (laughs) Here's my answers. (laughs) <laughs> I imagine her being a weird mouth breather because oh, she's yeah. got no front teeth anymore. Well, she had $10,000. I'm sure she got them fixed. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. She's um, actually, sorry, she's actually not that, like, creepy bad looking. I would say of the 10000 I guarantee you she did not get her teeth fixed if she was that wrapped up in drugs. Oh, no, I'm that's, sure. That's a pretty low priority on the totem pole. Yeah. Sneeffles. I just went in the wrong way. Like, she doesn't have front teeth. She's a sex worker. Like, yep. did she just get more popular? Or um, Potentially. Because we joke about that, like, with having my teeth yanked out. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, all right. All I'm right. Fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> now I'm going to fuck your face. <laughs> I'm going to fuck it. On February 13th, they started searching the motorhome. And it was nasty inside, as you could only imagine, mm. with fucking the Pictons. And lo and behold, they find blood. There is blood everywhere. Yes, blood. It's blood. While looking through the trash can outside, they found inhalers. No, this they is found in one the in the house. house. And then they found one in the trash mm-hmm. that belonged to uh, Serena Abbott's way. The same day, they searched the storage locker that they had rented, and they found a bunch of clothes, tools, a woman's belt, and a goddamn envelope full of fucking teeth. What the fuck, Will? I can, well, his, so like most serial killers, obviously, we've talked about this in many other episodes, they take fucking mementos. Mm -hmm. They take little prizes. But he didn't have like, you know, he didn't just, just take jewelry, or he didn't just take IDs, or locks of hair no he fucking took a little bit of everything yeah well i think a lot of the shit that he had was just because he was too lazy to clean it up it was like well that's here so well but an envelope full of fucking teeth that he took on purpose yeah like he fucking it reminds me of that scene out of the movie snatch you're gonna want to remove the teeth for the sake of the piggy's digestive system oh so was he pulling fucking teeth out of bodies and then throwing shit in there with hungry little piggies. Well, he was cutting their skulls in half. So yeah. I would imagine that that, I mean, maybe before he would, I don't know. I didn't know. Ugh. On February 15th, Willie was summoned to court for the weapons charges. The woman that delivered the summons chatted with Willie for a little while. She was wired and also had a cell phone that had, uh, like she had phoned an officer. So it was an ongoing call that he could hear. And that was in case that um, during her chatting time with Willie, if she became placed in any kind of danger, then he could swoop in all Hawaii Five O and fucking get him to save Save the the day. day. Powdered Toast Man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that cartoon? No. I'm gonna show you. Oh gosh. It was from Ren and Stimpy. Oh, oh. For powdered toast man, mm-hmm. where they're like, we've got no cinnamon toast, and he'd show up. And like, I do remember, and like, flake it off his shoulder yep. for breakfast. Powdered toast man. <laughs> 
Sorry. So uh, while the call is going on to keep her out of danger, he cried to her about his bad press, about how he was just a poor farm boy. He told her that his life was over. He talked about his childhood, his trip to the States. He talked about his pen pals, about being engaged to Connie. He even talked about the calf. From when he was little. Uh Uh-huh. And the will about how his parents dying and about his parents dying and how Dave bullied him. He just like sat and told his whole life story. story Well, I mean the good parts. Well, not the good parts. The not fucking murdery parts. Yeah, the less cut people open. (laughs) Will spotted the cell phone on her bell and asked if the tape recorder was working. And she said yes. Sadly, the battery on the phone had died and the tape recorder didn't work either. Like, they got nothing out of it. The whole fucking fucking thing thing was just blown to shit. That's what you get with those fucking cell phones in 2002. Goddamn Motorola's and phone. It should have been a Nokia. I think mine still has battery from 2002. Yeah, probably. Well, she since the the recording didn't work, she went to and tried to write down everything she could remember, but it's just not the same. No, it's not. Uh, She went back a few days later on February 20th. 20th to talk to him again this time she made sure the recorders were working she went to his work site and he got in the car he stayed there for two hours two hours later (laughs) 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 sorry i'm like stuck dude apparently i need to go home and type up that case and just watch fucking cartoons i think so Two hours later. She showed him a poster of the missing women, and he commented about how ugly they were, but said that he didn't know them. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's an ugly little broad. Like, literally, he was like, oh, they're, they're kind of ugly. They're hideous. He pointed out a couple of them and said that they were pretty. He said there was one that he maybe remembered seeing around, but none that he recognized. He played dumb and asked her if all of them were missing. Oh, oh are all of these women missing? Yes. Mm. Yes, Willie. Hmm. And you know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> he said the girl that knifed him wasn't on there either. She's not missing. Dum, dum, dum. What a douche. He said... He said that he, when he was hanging out, out down on the downtown east side, that women would ask him for dates, but he would give them a 20 and send them on their way. Mm-hmm. He just he just didn't have anything to do with that kind of stuff. He started talking about how Dinah Taylor was with him for 18 months and she was handicapped and said that he liked to help people if they needed help. But then moved on to say that if they had better pictures, maybe he could try and help. The pictures they had were fuzzy. Like, he bounced around like we do. Like, his, like, one thing leads into the next thing, and you Mm -hmm. go on a completely different, like, that's how he was. But I think his was less natural, like, ours is natural. (laughs) His is more, oh, fuck, I just may have said too Uh, much. Let's let's go to a different one. I may have just outed myself. Yeah. He told her that he was innocent again. She told him that they would be digging on his property for a long time, and he got nervous. He said he buried a llama there, and he could draw her a map. And then he talked about dead chickens, and he wanted her to take him there, and so he could show her all the stuff, and on and on. And he just kept, like, changing the stories and the drawing on the map. Like, there's chicken, there's a llama. I don't know what's here. I don't know. Then he ended up getting to the point where 
he told her that um, any, the only thing he ever kept was leg bones. And kept saying that he was going to be nailed to the cross. Like he was, he would talk and then be like, I'm, I'm going to be nailed to the cross. There's leg bones. I'm going to be nailed to the cross. And <laughs> he wanted to go and show him the leg bones. All right. He, he wanted them to take him to the farm so bad. He kept trying to say, just, just let me go. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you where everything is. I'll show you. I mean, I'm going to be nailed to the cross anyway. Yeah, I'm going to be nailed to the cross. So I'll just take you and show you. She asked if there were going to be human legs. He said no. And that he would take a lie detector. And then he started talking about his, like, he just went off about three receptacle saws that he had gone through that were, that were missing over the last few months. Uh. Bitch, you've been using them to cut skulls. <laughs> they probably broke. I don't know. Fuck. Leg bones. <laughs> she brought his attention back to the leg bones. And then... He told her where they were. He said if they were human bones that he would admit it. Like if they found out they were human bones, he would be like, oh, okay, yeah, they're human bones. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. It makes me so happy. Uh, well, you know, if you find them, I'll, I'll admit I'll it. Admit. And then he starts rambling on about human parts in the freezer. That there, there weren't human parts that he knows of. I don't know. There's parts in the freezer, but I don't know if they're human. There's no, no human <laughs> ones that I know of. Fuck. Like, God. Oh, God. He finally settled on a story that they were ostriches. He didn't want to get in trouble for having ostriches there. All right, Willie. While all of this questioning was going on, they found a shit ton of evidence in the RV. They found blood-stained cushions and foam mattresses. There was hair with semen on them, among other things. The test came back, and the blood belonged to Mona Wilson, who was the last woman to go missing. <laughs> the exact details of how he killed her are not available because Willie wouldn't say. But from what the investigators could tell, he beat her. They knew this because of the blood spatter. He raped her with the twenty-two that had the dildo on it. Because of the DNA they found on the dildo. Both his and hers. He was putting it in his pum-pum? I don't know. Because clearly we can't get a story, but it had both of their DNA. Was it just like... Semen from his hands? Or, or he had banged her and then he put the dildo in her so but i don't, I don't know. know i don't know it's all speculation but <laughs> but but both dna <clears throat> both sets of dna from him and her were found on the dildo i don't know the specifics and then shot her mm. that was finally enough evidence to arrest him on february 22nd of 2002 they went to the job site to arrest him at that time they were charging him with two counts of first degree murder and that he was under investigation for the other 48 he acted like he was shocked and kept saying that he couldn't believe it i just can't believe it i can't believe this shit they asked him if he wanted to call dave and willie said yes so they let him call and uh told him what the what they arrested him for and the brother spoke softly and dave called the attorney like he was whispering yeah like, they called him and they're like hey, i don't know if you, hey, these fuckers got me i'm being arrested on two counts there's 48 others that they're gonna hem me up on call the attorney <laughs> right when they got to the jail, they tried to get him to take a shower, but he refused. So they had him put on sweats and a t-shirt, stuck him in a cell, and he's in there fucking stinky, filthy, pork chop Rob. Where's my fucking lawyer? 
And if you remember back in the earlier ones, they said that he never swore. He didn't Mm-mm. say a whole lot. So he's evolved from there because a lot of shit that he uh-huh. said from here on out had a lot of fucks in it. A lot, a lot of cursy words. Yeah. A lot of cursed words. They spent 11 hours the next day interrogating him. He wasn't cooperating at all. Go fucking figure. He kept saying he didn't know things. In 11 hours, he didn't eat, didn't leave to go to the bathroom. All he did was drink soda all day. How the fuck did he not go to the restroom to take well, a piss? Because he had the same pop, same oh. soda pop. I was, I, for, I thought he meant like sip. he was like chugging Mm-mm. a soda all day. I was mm-hmm. like, don't need duck, don't, don't you gotta stop and take a piss, piss? Uh, if you need to go piss, piss, because I would need to go piss, piss. If you, did I have the bladder the size of a six-month-old infant? Like you know me, yeah. I'm like I gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta I pee. I don't get how he. Wait. But if anybody is and not eating all day, yeah, not at all. Fuck that. But he's nervous. He knows what he did. That was a weird noise. <laughs> he knows what he did, so right. he's nervous. And when you're nervous, you don't eat. But if anybody wants more on this investigation, there's a lot of it in the book. There's not because it's eleven hours. They didn't put everything in, but there is a lot of spots, a lot of questioning where they got nothing out of it. Right. No, and that's why we opted to yeah alleviate several pages of questions that they asked that they didn't fucking get an know. answer for yeah there was literally i don't, know. don't know question i don't know no. question i don't know like that was like two pages worth of yeah that shit. so if you guys want to check that out it's called on the farm with stevie cameron and uh yeah, yeah. do that do it they asked him if dave or dinah ever helped him they asked many questions that he just wouldn't answer i don't, I don't know, know. They were able to get a few answers out of him here and there, but nothing that they didn't already know for the most part. For Oh, shit, for the most, most part. part. <laughs> but by the time we get to the fourth part of this, and I might actually catch a little bit of a dip of a Canadian accident. Accident. <laughs> wow. I swear to God, I'm completely sober. <laughs> That's what's the best part. What's the best part? <laughs> What's okay? Oh, there it is. Did you know? I don't know. Like the, I've got nothing in me system except fucking Greek fucking salad maybe and peach soda. Yeah, maybe what? it's the Greek. Maybe <laughs> she's got a little Greek in her. He knew that he was in charge. Like, they they couldn't force anything out of him at this point. He sat, nice big comfy chair, legs up, relaxed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They kept trying, they being the policia, kept trying to find out how he killed the girls. And he would say, what does it matter? I mean... What is it? What does it matter? Yeah. You know, they're dead, right? They're not coming back. Bitches like us want to know. I know. Fucking tell me. I'm gonna need you to tell me some stuff. Yes, please. He's still alive. Yes. Did you just get the same idea yep. I did? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's why I, I was staring at you because I was thinking. <sighs> hmm. I know you like pen pals, really. I know you do. I know you do. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, <laughs> so, what does it matter? They told him that they wanted to tell all the families, and he said, not my problem. Shit happens. What the fuck? That's, okay, so, w- again, we've talked about this in previous episodes, and I think we've even talked about it in earlier parts of Willie Picton, but these these serial killers were st- Starting out 
as like whether they were harming animals or they were self-mutilating or whatever. And then eventually they start ramping up to bigger and better things. Wayne Nathan Nance, the Missoula Mauler, took little kitty cats, threw them in a fucking incinerator, eventually ramped up to fucking torturing, raping, killing people. Same thing with Willie Picton. He started out with the pigs, seeing death every day, learning that life was not valuable at the hands of his fucking mother after she rolled that poor fucking kid into the slow. Um, being like hiding inside pig carcasses and ramping it up to where, you know, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't curse. He just banged sex workers. And then it was, I'm going to have rough sex with them. And then I'm actually, I'm going to bind them and I'm going to hurt them. And now I'm actually going to kill them. Shit happens. That That's your response. Really not happen. my problem. Shit happens. Okay. And he showed absolutely no respect or remorse for the women's family. He wasn't going to say shit no matter what. So they put an undercover in a cell with uh, Willie, and he was not allowed to ask questions, but they wired the cell for audio. Now, before we get into the thick of that, the meat and taters, we actually have from Dr. Nicola Davies, a health psychology specialist doctor who did uh, some research on Picton. Um, I don't know if she actually went in and spoke with him or if the police had a bunch of questions that they went to her and were like, now, why, why do you think this is the way it fucking is? So, Picton being raised in a slaughterhouse made him or encouraged him to be around death, dismemberment, and violence on a daily basis. And it was a normality for him. And so going back into, not my problem, shit happens, Jesus. he looked at these girls the way he same, the same way that he would look at a barnyard animal. Not a big deal to cut a woman's neck, stretch her up by her legs, bleed her out, chop her up, whatever. They also said that his mom's strict work regimen would have denied him a natural childhood, hence hiding in the hog bodies. There was no room on this farm for uh, natural child innocence. The fear of showering, they thought, maybe was... Um, we had talked about this. He had a fear or uh, craved comfort of familiar smells and sights, and that gave him a sense of relief, like hiding in the in the cutout pig bellies. Yeah. He was seeking protection from something or someone. And I mean, the way that she explained this was this would be Willie's version of a hug. To, yeah. Yeah. What the f Keeping in mind that Picton was allegedly advised about, or not advised. I, my fucking, my shitty scribbling penmanship Most on this one your scribbles uh he was allegedly abused and had a very low iq and he had a very low level understanding of a lot of different things so mm -hmm. I, uh dr nicola had actually said that if he was does um if he was denied certain like chief comforts as a kid like the the touch the bond mm -hmm. the hug the kiss the that kind of thing that he wouldn't understand but he would still crave that emotional contact and that comfort and that's how he got it oh right and especially because his sister 
got treated better than everybody mm-hmm. else. So he saw that she got treated well, and then he got treated like shit. Him and Dave got treated like shit. So, and neither one of them valued people no, at all. Not at all. And it ties back into this part, the hit and run accident where mom covered it up. Let Dave and Nilly, Nilly, Dave and, wave and Nilly. <laughs> Let Dave and Willie know that it was okay to take a life and hide the evidence. And, you know, the way the poor kid, his name was Tim, was dumped shows just a general, like a general lack of respect and uh, like appreciation of life all mm-hmm. the way around. Nobody gave a fuck uh, in that whole thing. Um, the other thing that she touched base on, and this is really nasty, and this kind of ties back into the Piggy's Palace. The parties and the orgies were a way for him to release his chaotic thoughts, quiet on the outside, but mayhem on the inside. And a way to, to get a way to get rid of his negative thoughts or feelings was to fuck it all away. Yeah apparently um she said that killing after sex was satisfying his appetite for like the destruction so the binding and the torture and the hurt was the domination i'm in charge i'm the boss then going to the rape and then killing was just the icing on the cake type type of a thing um she said that his his two desires were met at the same time. He wanted to kill things and he wanted to dominate and rape things. So he used to kill barnyard animals, but he still had that secondary desire that was rolling around yeah. his marbles that had to be done. But then when he came and was snatching women from downtown east side, he could do everything to satisfy all of those wicked desires all at the same time. So it was like a fucking buy one, get one free. Don't you ever wonder, and I know this sounds gross, but it's an, it's an honest to God wonder if he ever fucked the pigs mm. to start off with. Because he started off with killing the pigs. Sorry. If I, do you think he ever started, do you think he ever like tried um, banging a pig? Do you think that that's how he lost his virginity? Maybe have been to a, potentially. a pig? Potentially. Potentially. I know uh, I'm not going to say any names because we're actually going to be doing these in uh, the future. But I know several serial killers who engaged in bestiality. And one specifically that uh, like he was encouraged by his dad to do it. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know for sure, but it, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I, I wondered that where you said that it, those were his two desires and he uh-huh. got the one by killing the pigs. Uh-huh. So I wonder if he ever was like, because well, he was so afraid of people and he didn't have any people skills. And right. That, that's why one of the reasons why he went to the downtown east side to get the women was because his social skills were lacking. Well, so and it's not like girlfriend. they're they're not looking for a, a conversation. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Those girls want to turn the money out as quickly as they possibly can fucking time is money you know yeah, what i mean they, they don't want to sit in the car and talk about pigs yeah <laughs> they don't give a fuck they can so i it already right so i don't know because he th- they said that um dr nicola was like he literally learned that he could satisfy both of those desires at once uh the disposal of the bodies um Growing up on the farm, Willie knew damn good and well that those pigs would burn through anything. And she believes that more 
more than just what they estimate was disposed of through the through those pigs. And then when Willie wasn't killing and he wasn't, he didn't have bodies and they went and they found, you know, under underfed animals and they were dying and this, that and the other. Because he wasn't, he didn't have that constant source of protein being thrown in their fucking bins. Yeah. So they think that that was one of the reasons that the quality of the livestock went down because he wasn't disposing. Um, And the serving of the human flesh, this was like my favorite part. Uh. Yeah. So it, it was decided that he did, in fact, ground human flesh into the sausage and was serving it at different places and they giving it to people. selling it too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like when they had those big parties at Piggy's Palace, yep. he was barbecuing and grilling that meat and serving it. So why would you do that? Like what would, what fucking thought process is circling a person's brain that they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to serve this to my fucking friends. They said that because Willie was bullied by Dave. He didn't have those social skills. He didn't have a lot of friends. He found this as a way to exude his power and Mm -hmm. dump his anger, a need to share his accomplishment with others without telling on himself. He was blatantly showing off without ever, like, he was like, (laughs) smug little fuckers, eat that sex worker so it was a way of him like he was showcasing what he had done without getting caught fun huh wow yeah but it makes sense now yeah it does it makes a lot of sense so i'm gonna go back to the his him being in his cell Mm -hmm. after he's been arrested he's in a cell they got an undercover officer to go in with him and pose as a cellmate they weren't allowed to ask any questions while they were in there. That is his rule. He's not allowed to say anything. He could make up a story, which he did, about what he was in there for. But he couldn't ask Willie, what did you do? You know. Sorry. I forget. I forget that it's even a thing until you say sorry. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets to listen to me blow my schnoz. She's blowing her schnoz, okay? In his confession, he talked about how he hauled off hauled off the women to the rendering plant. He told his cellmate that he had left behind DNA and that he's going to get nailed to the cross. That was his favorite saying. Like, I don't know how many fucking times he said it. I'm going to get nailed to the cross. Oh, I'm going to get nailed to the cross. Okay, we get it. Shut the fuck up. I got it. All right, come up with something different. New material. New New material. New. Uh, He also said that he got sloppy in the end and that's how they'll... That's how they'll get the DNA, because he was sloppy. Uh-huh. He confesses to 49. He said he wanted to make it an even 5-0, but he got caught too early to make that happen. He And he knew there was cameras in there watching him, too. And so he was like, but I don't think he knew the audio was, was hooked up to it. Uh-huh. He wanted a higher number so that he could have more than that American guy, finger quote. Finger quotes. Talking about Gary Ridgway. He said, that American guy, and I think he has 42, which it was really 48. He was close. He still beat him, but yeah, talking about Gary Ridgway. (laughs) The video, if you want to go watch this video and be disturbed by his motherfucking hair. Oh my God. I couldn't stop watching his hair. When his head moves, all of his hair moves. Moves. It's not... uh, Like if a breeze... 
if a if a gust of Wyoming wind blew through his hair, you would never know. You wouldn't see it move. It's like a porcupine fucking tail. It just moves oh with his fucking head. It's so fucking gross. But the video is called Robert Willie Pickton. Prolific serial killer's jailhouse confession. To undercover cop. Yeesh. And we'll post it on our group page so you guys can watch it. But those of you that aren't on our group page, you need to be number one. (laughs) But if you're not, we'll post it on there so you can get it. At his initial arraignment, he was being charged with the murders of Mona Wilson, um, who was murdered in the motorhome in Serena Abbott's way. He didn't dispose of Serena immediately. And that's how he got caught with her. The search was still going at the farm, and they found more significant and disturbing items. Among these were six hairs with roots on a hairbrush, blood, and scalp hair in the hinges of handcuffs, and human blood on a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Gross. Do you like mm-hmm. how I wrote scalped? Scalped. Scalped hair. There were night vision goggles found in his laundry room, which had Pat Casanova's DNA on it, which... I'm sorry, what the... Fuck, were you doing with night goggles? Because he only it. butchered at night. Oh God! Pat Casanova is the guy that would help him butcher, which is really still up in the air and iffy if he actually was in on it too. There was black lingerie in his bedroom that had Serena Abbott's ways DNA on it. They found a garbage bag with DNA from Andrea Josbury in the slaughterhouse. On April second, three more murder charges were placed against him. They just kept finding like more and more evidence as they wait, as as you can imagine. On April fourth, they found a stinky freezer that had power tools piled on the lid. Like a guy walked past it and was like, "Oh my god!" Because they hadn't made it to that section in their search yet. They got the lid pried open, and there were two five-gallon buckets in it. In each bucket, they found a head, hands, and feet. The heads were bisected. And these were Serena Abbotsway and Andrea Josbury's heads, hands, and feet. The hands and feet had been carefully removed at the joints, not sawed off. Like, they were just pulled and carefully, like, removed. <laughs> the skulls, on the other hand, were a different story. Andrea's skull showed that she had been shot in the head. The bullet entered the right side of the back of her head and exited above her left eye. Shot in the back of the head. Yeesh. Serena Abbott's way was in the same condition overall, but the bullet had entered her head right above her right ear. They matched these skulls to Jane Doe skulls that were found in the slow. It took them until 2004 to put out a cross-contamination statement. Two years later. later. (laughs) After people done it, that shit. Uh Uh-huh. And now you get the cross-contamination. Who still has... Some people could if they got had him butcher a, a pork mm-hmm. farm and it's in their fridge. But two years later, you probably donate that shit. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, we slaughter beef every fucking year. Do you and, think yeah. one whole side of beef lasts, like, longer than six months? No. No, <laughs> no don't. When, uh, when it went out, the family of Marnie Frey was completely freaked the fuck out because they had ate meat off that farm. They had eaten meat off that farm. <laughs> One of her young family members mentioned that she was pretty sure they ate Marnie. How horrible is that? Like, they were watching the news. Marnie Frey's family's watching the news and the little girl. I don't know if it was her cousin. I can't remember. 
we came probably up and ate was her. Like, I think we ate her. And they're like, they're like, mm-hmm. like what do you? Do? Oh, Jesus Christ! And um, <clears throat> Lisa, I don't know if we put it in the last one. Lisa yelled, mm-hmm. said she got hepatitis. Oh, we so, did hepatitis, hepatitis C. C from yeah. It. Well, I mean, and we don't know if that's from eating cross-contaminated meats or from her drug use, intravenous drug use. I mean, it's hard to say. In the documentary with Serena Josberry, not Ser- I just mixed two names. Yes, you did because it's Andrea, Andrea Josberry and Serena Abbotsway. <laughs> You're just like making up Whoa. shit. <laughs> I'm just gonna make it up. They said that they found like part of her skull. And, like, her brain and her hair in a trash can outside of outside of the RV. In, in the book, they said they found a trash can full of her DNA. But I didn't find where it said that they had found. Because the one guy explained it as, like, mm-hmm. human soup with the Well, yeah, it's it. been out there in the fucking elements for a while. Yeah, people because, soup. Because yeah, when are they finding all of this shit? It's like June, April. It's mm-hmm. April, so you're coming into the springtime. It's gonna start warming up. Yeah, it's at least warm during the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. The investigation ended up lasting for about 22 months. By 2005, they had found enough evidence to charge him with the killing and dismembering of 27 women. The pre-trial began January of 20. Oh, good. 20-06. God, I miss the rains down in Africa. God. The pre-trial began January of 2006. Just the pre-trial hearings lasted a year. One murder was dismissed because of lack of, lack of evidence. Jane Doe. Yeah. They separated it into two different trials, so it was manageable. The first trial was for the first six. There was a huge ban on what details the journalist could give out. January of 20... Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Every 20 time. 20-07. I'm just going to have to <laughs> start fucking... Going. Yeah, dude. January of 2007, the first trial began. He pled not guilty... Gu- <laughs> <laughs> not guilty... <laughs> That's guiltery and murdering. (laughs) Guiltery! All right. He pled not guilty to murdering Marnie Frey, Serena Abbotsway, and Georgina Pappen, as well as Andrea Josbury, Brenda Wolfe, and Mona Wilson. (sighs) There was so much evidence presented, as you could imagine... Andrew Bellwood testified uh, about Willie's little reenactment. The defense attacked his credibility because he had a criminal record and a history of drug use. So did everybody involved in this case. There is not one fucking person besides Willie that was a sober person. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. It's... One of the cases that we're going to be covering here pretty quick, you would be amazed at how quick they started dismissing people because they were like oh you were under the influence of drugs and alcohol or oh you have a criminal record or you take medicine for depression you're not a credible witness bitch please we're all mentally ill we're all on fucking medicine yeah you can discredit anybody oh sure yeah uh Lynn Ellingson also testified and they had attacked her as well because she had been using drugs that night yeah, because part of her thing, she, like, passed out because she was using, what was she using? Was it Coke? No, uh, crack. Crack. Crack and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Crack cocaine and alcohol. Yeah. yeah. 
So they were like, uh, you were on drugs, right? And drugs can make you see things, right? Uh-huh. And yeah, so they're trying Dude, to- you know what? Some of the most vivid memories I have, I was spracked the fuck out. And I remember everything. Clear as fucking day. And like, I know that it's real because other people that were there, like when we start bullshitting about it, they'll be like, oh my God, that did happen. Like, yada, yeah, well, I remember. with her, clearly it happened because you're finding the fucking shit that she saw i know you're seeing all of the things you have evidence of everything that she saw but you're gonna try to discredit her because she was on drugs come mm. the fuck on. i could understand if she'd been up for like four days and then you guys like searched the farm and they didn't find anything and she's yeah. like no i saw a body then you could be like i don't know man you were high that night we didn't find anything so so yeah the defense made Willie out to be a complete idiot. Like they were saying that he's a simpleton and but, like, he could he's, not do such a thing. This this poor, poor, sensitive, simple soul. He just doesn't have it in him to gut the women's of the downtown east side. No, he's just a poor farm boy that wanted those women for company. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to hang them in his slaughterhouse. Yes. That's all. That's all mm-hmm. he wanted. The jury deliberated for two weeks, and finally, on December 8th of 2007, they came up with a verdict. That was my 26th birthday. No, 27th birthday. Birthday. I can't add. That was my 27th birthday. (laughs) No math. The jury was in tears. So when they went in and knew that the jury was in tears, they knew it was going to be a bad outcome. Right. Yeah. He was found not guilty on all counts of first-degree murder. He was, however, found guilty of second-degree murder on all counts. What the fuck ever. He was sentenced to 25 years in prison because that's the max sentence you can get in Canada. He has still never been tried for the other 20. He has received the max sentence, so they don't want to put anyone else through that trial again because they would have to go try him for the same thing just to, like, it wouldn't add anything. So they're like, why? Why put the time and effort? And, mm-hmm. and put people through that kind yeah. of, because the jurors 25 years? Fucked. That's yeah. it? 25 years? Yeah, and he should is, have life behind bars. Yeah, or execute. They don't kill people up there. They so don't. it's kind of like the guy that um, the Chinese cannibal guy that ate the kid on the fucking Greyhound bus. Ew, I know. Yeah. God told him to do it. Um, well, 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 duh. <laughs> he has nope. Gina Houston actually died of cancer in two thousand seven. That's just a, a different a side note here. Her kids were so close to Willie that they called him Daddy. Creepy. Mm-hmm. That's so creepy. Diana Taylor was arrested for conspiracy because they thought that maybe she was helping him, but she was never charged. And that's it, kids. Gross. We're done Willie. with Sugar Daddy Pork Sword Rob. <laughs> <laughs> pork Sword Rob. Pork Sword Rob. I feel like we need to go and edit Wikipedia to say Pork Sword Rob and see how long it, it takes for like anybody to notice. <laughs> God, and it just uh, like like we said, if you guys want to check out on the farm and uh, get into that, there's so many good documentaries on him. Yeah, there are, and there you can find ninety percent of them on YouTube. Just so yeah, you know. I got it. That's where I watched all of the ones I watched. There's some really good ones on American or American uh, Amazon Prime. Are they? Mm-hmm. I, I kept, I would watch one and then another one would come up and I'm like, God damn it, I've got to read the book too. And then I would start watching and then I'm like, no, no, I got to go back to reading. But anyway, we're going to wrap this bitch up next week. 
Next week, we are actually going to be dropping the case of DJ Ficky. And that'll come out Wednesday. Or not, yeah, next Wednesday. What date is that? That will be May 9th? Yes, May 9th. And just so you're aware, at this point, we are going to make it family friendly. There's not going to be so many swear words in it because we want it to be able to be shared and uh, go out to a lot of people for awareness on this case. Yes. And it's not, I'm not saying that we're, we're going to mute it quite a bit because there's mothers, aunts, uncles, you know, people that need to listen to this case. Um, Amanda Shirley, who was DJ Ficky's sister had reached out to me via Twitter and asked us to do this case. And it has taken me almost a month, closer to a month and a half. As long as I've been doing Willie Picton, you've yeah. been doing... so about a month I've been working yeah. on DJ's uh, case. And um, I'm not going to give you too much information about it now, but go follow Justice for DJ on Facebook. You're also going to want to go to Twitter at Justice for DJ 88. Um, you can get a lot of information on both of those places and keep up with all the updates. Again, that'll be dropping May 9th. And we're gonna we're gonna be pounding that sucker together this week and next week. So be ready. Yes. Very be very ready. Yeesh. Well, we're gonna release some funny shit in between too to get your gory gal dumb shit in between. So, <laughs> your your so sods and yeah, your so sods. So don't we won't leave you out. But that episode is gonna be a lot more mute. But it's very important for you to listen to. Yes, it is. And I think that once um, I think once you guys start listening to that episode, it's gonna grab you by the teat and it will not blow let go. Your fucking mind. Yeah, it's it's fucking bananas. If you guys want to get some merch. Check us out at colormedeadpod.threatless.com or you can go to Redbubble, redbubble.com backslash people backslash colormedeadpod. Get your gory gal signature bath bomb and so much more at thepurplelotusonline.com. Use the promo deadpod15 for 15% off your order. Yeesh. You can also find us on social media. We have Facebook, the Color Me Dead podcast. We have Facebook group, which is the Color Me Dead podcast. Or no, it's just the Color Me Dead group. Yeah. Instagram, Color Me Dead Podcast, and Twitter is Color Me at Color Me Dead Pod. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm I'm Gory underscore Nikki, and on Twitter, I'm at N Tune. It's N T O O N E. Maybe maybe wash your hair and it's, don't. Oh no! Sorry. <laughs> maybe wash your hair and don't have your pork uh, processed at a Picton farm. Ew. Mm. And stay Stay out of chalk lines. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm half of Ari and Jess, and together we make up the WTF Nature Podcast. We're two best friends with no background in science or biology, but we are really good at dirty jokes, pop culture references, and Google. Each episode, we pick an animal that is a little unknown and terrifying, and we tell each other about it. If you'd like to join in on our humor and also our nightmares, you can join us at Apple Pods, Stitcher, or Google Play under WTF Nature Podcast. It's going to get weird in here.